Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Swineweb, Johnsonville Foods, Hypor Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Roda, and joining us today is Dr. Daniel Linares. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on. We've passed a lot at uh, industry events, but we haven't always had a lot of time to sit down and talk. So I'm excited to learn a bit more about your background and I'm grateful for APC for helping put this together. Uh, They are a special sponsor of this episode. Without further ado, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the swine industry and what you do today. All right. So I'll start from today and then go back and go back in time. So here I met Iowa State University, where I serve as an associate professor and director of graduate education. And and I've been here for uh, eight years, since uh, 2015. And and here, some of what I do is pretty much uh, coordinate work with graduate students, going back and forth from the field, so interacting with producers and veterinarians and doing applied research to help them improve health uh, and productivity of, of swine. And a uh, little bit about uh, before, uh, I before coming here to Iowa State, I, I did my graduate education at the University of Minnesota with uh, Bob Morrison, uh, Monty, Torre Morel were my uh, uh, advisors and uh, also interacted with with a lot of other great minds over uh, while while there um and before uh, between Iowa and Minnesota and before Minnesota I I I come from the field so have uh, accumulated 8 years of field experience working for uh, the PIC business in Brazil which is called Agroceris PIC and so combination between technical services health assurance and uh, supply chain and something in 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 between, and uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's the kind of short version of my <laughs> of of my story where I came from. Do you remember the first time you worked with pigs at all? Yeah, I was in vet school, and uh, I I got to vet school thinking that I would be a geneticist because uh, I was impressed with this Dolly story. Not sure if you will, you will remember <laughs> the first uh, sheep that was cloned out of Europe in Edinburgh. So I, that's what I wanted to, to do for, for life. But when I get to vet school, there is no, I mean, the, I ended up uh, 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 doing some lab work in some virology lab and some other labs up until there was this professor, Yuri Sebastianski, who changed my mind forever, yeah, for, forever would be, he was looking for students to intern in a production company, in a pig farm. And uh, he couldn't find somebody. I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll give it a shot." And so, 
long long story short, that's that's where uh, everything started. Uh, if it it wasn't for this opportunity, right? This this university professor looking for a student for a, an internship, uh, I wouldn't be here today. So so glad we crossed paths. So where where were you originally from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brazil, uh, in Brazil, in the Midwest from Brazil. In Brazil, I lived in different cities, but that's that's where I, I am from. I still haven't been to Brazil. One of my good friends is from Belo Horizonte. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah and uh, yeah, I, I've, if I ever go to Brazil, I'm, I'm bringing him with me because uh, yeah, he's, he's always spoken pretty highly of of some of the things he wanted to show me over there. So I'm excited to go to Brazil someday. Yeah, uh, Belo Horizonte is a nice city in the uh, uh, pretty much the middle of, of the country. I worked there uh, around that area for six years and uh, had a son there. So some some connectivity here of, of uh, what, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's great, awesome. They have great food, great people. Yeah, was it Pau de Queso? Yeah, pão de queijo is this typical Brazilian uh, cheese bread will be the closest tra translation, and Minas Gerais and Belo Horizonte will be the the right the what you, you think about pão de queijo, you, you think about Minas Gerais. They're really good at that. Oh my god, I, I eat myself sick on that stuff. I, I can't, I just can't stop that and and steak. Um, uh, was it picanha or what is the picanha? Yes, picanha. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's a very nice, uh, very nice steak. Yeah, we do we we do picanha every every now and then here at Fairway Fairway stores. They're selling picanha as they are. Yeah, they are with with that specific name cut, right? So if you go to Fairway, you can find picanha, the real deal. Yeah, and I strongly recommend that to to everyone. It's it's amazing. So to jump into today's topic. Um, can you talk a little bit about how companies can benefit from including industry experts and researchers as a part of their strategic planning? I mean, the thought, the topic for today is how pork production and the industry can work together to ensure great herd health. So can you talk a little bit about how companies can benefit from including industry experts? Yeah, I had the chance to serve in some of those, those, those panels, right? And uh, uh, I think uh, the companies... They, of course, they will know their vision and winning aspirations better than anyone. Right? They know what they're doing. They know what their place is in the market. They know what's the definition of success for them. But then bringing people from outside, I think it's just uh, an opportunity to add some outside perspective uh, with, fr from people dealing with some of their own clients and working in that same industry, but seeing things from a little bit of a different angle. So it's not that we're going to come and change, but we're going to come and and uh, add uh, some viewpoints on the table, add diversity on ideas, and perhaps boost creativity. And especially from from academia, those companies who have opportunity to hear and learn about new ideas, trends, and uh, uh, options to engage with uh, with their own clients, right, and other in industry leaders. What are some of the most impactful, I guess? research topics that you've been involved in and or what are some of the most fun ones that you've been involved in well here at the, our in the, in our research group we call ourselves the field epi team it's uh three faculty members and uh, uh 
a, a, a group of graduate students. We're 23 in total. And uh, what we have been doing so far here in the last eight years has been on evaluating strategies, developing and evaluating strategies to improve swine health and, and productivity. So it centers a little bit about disease prevention, so biosecurity, a lot about uh, uh, disease monitoring. So how do you look for uh, pathogens in farms, sample types, combinations of, you know, individual and population-based sample types? Are you going to pull or not? Sample frequency, intensity, all, all, the, all that kind of, all that kind of thing. And then to close the loop, we also like to participate and develop studies on disease control and elimination methods. Right now, you have disease in the farm. What are, what are the next steps to bring that farm back to full productivity? How do you push back or control the pathogens of of interest? And so that's the, that that's pretty much the line that we're talking about. And that would include processing fluids, tongue fluids, family uh, oral fluids, and a combination of serum swabs, uh, 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 wipes, and other types of uh, ways to sample the farms for pathogen detection. And it has also been fun to look at uh, measuring or tracking productivity as a way to early detect signals that may be associated with disease, uh, disease detection. Is there a research study that you've done in your career where just about everyone was convinced it was going to be one thing and it turned out to be the complete opposite or something very different from what everyone expected to be true? Well, I think uh, I don't want to say all, but most <laughs> studies, you start with a question and you end up with, how about this? How about that? Right. You, you. You find some of the expected outcomes, but you also find some so uh, uh, little nuggets of that lead up to much I know, bigger and, and impactful studies. So we every time you we, we run a study, gotta keep your eyes and minds and ears open for what you're seeing and what what else can be there. Right, so those little details that that lead to the next questions, and so it's a it's a never ever. A continuous process where we are always learning. How do you continue to to make sure you are open minded when running stuff? Because I'd assume after you run so many studies, you start to be pretty confident. Is that tough to always remain open minded? Yeah, and, and it's it's our it's our almost sad business because that's how we see ourselves here. We we are pretty much a technical uh, services team embedded in the university, so great part of our job is to to get stay with our minds open and the way we do that is always uh a jump into opportunities to to visit in the field right so not we don't spend uh we don't, of course we spend a lot of time here in the in the office but we are always also visiting the last three months i i, I had the opportunity to visit five different countries several producers within those those countries and it's a nice way to bring new ideas. Some of the research that we're doing today, it's uh, ideas that we brought from overseas or saw uh, uh, some, some producers um, doing. And so bring back either from uh, what I really smart idea that one producer is doing, how can we help others uh, doing yeah. that within the country or bringing inno innovative ideas from other parts of the country and then explore 
and ask the question, would that work here too under our own conditions? So yeah, to long story short, how do we keep how do we keep up to date on what's going on out there? I, I, I think you gotta be out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> talking with people, talking with uh, ch- uh, asking questions and and listening. So when you think about all the individuals you've worked with, what are some of the industry leaders uh, that you've worked with? What have your ex- what has your experience been, and and what is what have you learned as a participant of some of these? Well, yeah, good good question and and uh, hard to answer because there are so many great minds, some so many great minds that I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for for them, right? So a lot of great leaderships, but when you ask that, well, the First one that came right away to my mind was my former PhD advisor. I was still working with uh, in in Brazil in some uh, projects to eliminate disease, and we were just not sure what we were doing. So we brought uh, external kind of consultants to help us. Hey, how do we eliminate mycoplasma in the, in that case? And then Monse Torremorel, she she was working with PIC at that time as a global leader for. Uh, health assurance and then she came and laid out this is how you you eliminate mycoplasma we implemented the plan but then in my mind was the when i when i grow up i want to be like her and so i'm gonna execute the project but as soon as i'm done i'm gonna follow her steps and and then and so i did and i had the opportunity to go to minnesota she was that show at the time and and so i was uh, starting my phd program with her so it's funny how individuals kind of shape shape your future right and so yeah provide you great aspirations and so it's uh and that happened with uh, i'm sure that everybody will have their own uh examples of how you were a great influence by by a few individuals well that's a great point too because she really she really shaped the way you thought and your future can you think about how your input and knowledge has helped companies gain a deeper understanding of what is a priority in the field and how you might have helped shape their uh, their progress. Yeah. So with the so w- the same way that I I do my 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 best uh, pro- bringing new new things to companies and asking questions and things like that. I'm I I, I keep all open minded too and. And get ready to to learn from them because sometimes you think that the company is not doing what they should, and maybe they're right. Maybe they are not doing what everybody everybody else is doing because because it, it's not the right thing to them. But anyways, when I visit those companies, sometimes I do as simple as bring research updates on those topics that we talked about. This is prevention, monitoring, control, so on and so forth. So share research. Uh, uh, highlights from what we are seeing. Sometimes we help to uh, uh, help them assembling a pipeline or, or, or some strategies to measure what's the impact of diseases, what's the effect of interventions under their own conditions. And sometimes it may be as simple as asking questions. And uh, we'll never ever mention names, right? Producer X is doing something, why are you not? But you're seeing what producer X is doing. And so you, you could ask questions based on that. For example, if they're dealing with purse control and they're not closing the herd, you may ask, have you considered herd closure? Have you considered vaccination? Have you considered this or that? Why not? 
and so on. So in that way, just by asking questions, you 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 initiate a dialogue, and and the producer themselves or the client or the company themselves will will visualize uh, the best path going forward for them. So yeah, sometimes you're, you're, our you're job sharing is just what's questions. going on by asking clarifying questions. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, people when you ask some of those questions, what's your success rate? How much does this is cost you? Sometimes they would say, you know, uh, good question. I I don't know. I said the follow up question is, do do you need help measuring that, or how can we help you measure that? Just sometimes asking questions is all you need to to help people decide what's the best thing for them. So, in the light of asking questions, what questions should producers? or allied industry be asking themselves when thinking about performing a study or working with a university or working with industry experts? Uh, how do they put themselves in the right place with the right partners? Yeah, I think uh, it's having clear cut and laser cut. What is the question? What are, what are they trying to do, right? If it's a specific project, what is the question you are trying to answer? If it's If it's input on a on a strategic planning exercise or, you know, have, have the clear end goal in mind. Cause a lot of times people say, Hey, can you help me with this study? And we ask, well, it's all right, sure. What's the question? And then their answer is they have several questions and it's not really clear. They have an idea, but it's not really clear what the, what, what the question really is. And if it's not clear, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to design the right study. It's hard to design the right program because there will be no one study that answer it all, right? So gotta yeah. have uh, a, a really, again, laser cut question so that you, you better understand uh, what are the tools you need? What are the expertise you need? What's um, the conditions and the environment you need to, to go and execute that plan and be successful. So what other final thoughts might you have for individuals that are looking to, to do research and, uh, what advice might you have for individuals at universities who are the experts that are joining companies? Yeah, for that second part, if you're in academia and trying to help companies, is uh, uh, a lot of times people people from academia, including myself, we are too fast in in talking and wanting to say download information and user presentation, user slides, and tell people what what you have seen. But a lot of times that's not what they need to hear, right? And that's not what they, that's, that's not going to add, uh, uh, to, to what they, what their problem really is. So we start by listening and uh, understanding what's, what's really the situation and how can, cause uh, again, maybe they're doing something different because they are the innovative ones. They are the ones ahead, right? And so that there is opportunity to, to understand the situation and and really ask more questions than you talk. And you only jump to your slides, you only jump to sharing your information if it's if it's really gonna add on on that specific situation. Yeah, because I'm guessing if you jump in too early with ideas and the other individuals like, well, that won't work obviously because of what I do, and you didn't take the time to learn that it it might actually close the minds of the people you're trying to help because they're assuming you're making assumptions. Yeah. For example, when I visit with uh, companies with, and I, I always like to bring students with, and then sometimes you'll, 
let, let's understand how much time we have. If, if we have 20 minutes or 30 minutes for this specific topic, I want you to, to present, and they ask you to present your results, you're going to present your results in, in half of that time because, because you want to have the other half of the time so they can ask questions and you can learn from them. If you just go and fill the 20 minutes that you had with your slides, there will be no time for questions. So you don't learn anything. You're going to download information and you hope that's going to be useful. Well, maybe it is, maybe it is not. How do you know? So always yeah. carve, carve time for listening and, uh, and, and that dialogue, that dialogue, because that's where new opportunities come. That's where innovation happens. That's how we really help each other, right? It's, it's listening and talking. And, and it's not just, again, downloading uh, information in front of people. That's great advice. So, so part of the podcast that we do, Daniel, is we actually um, ask some fun questions. But I've also, in the last couple months, started just randomly Googling pig news of the day to see what pops up. And the fun part about that is it's not always like swine industry knowledge. And I kid you not, I pulled up one. And uh, the key theme for the day was, uh, this is the title, Pet Pig Transport Delays Family Thanksgiving. And I'm clicking this, like, are people trying to transport a pet pig to eat the pig for Thanksgiving or what's going on? But it actually turned out, if you type that in, this family from England was trying to ship their pet pig to the States when they were moving. And the whole article just talks about how difficult it is to move a pet pig into the U.S. And they do a really good job of outlining all of the US, USDA's criteria and the blood tests and everything because you don't want ASF to get transferred in. Right, so, right. Um, ex excellent article, but I, I genuinely thought someone was going to try to eat their pet pig. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's the, the pig news of the day. The questions I have for you would be, what's a bucket list travel destination for you? Oh. Yeah, I've been fortunate to, to, to travel to many countries this year. I've been fortunate to everywhere I've, I've, I went to. But it's funny to say that in my, my, my wish list, there are still places within my, 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 my home country. I don't, I've never okay. visited the Amazon forest or in Brazil or further south. It's a, it, it's, it's another, uh, uh, green area that we call Pantanal. And so I, I've never been able to visit any of those. And uh, here in the U.S., I haven't seen the, the mountains yet, uh, either side, right? So it's it's in my my bucket list too. So You just need to go to Banff, the Banff Vet Pork Seminar. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. You just Tell Iowa State to send you to that, and then you get you get all the amazing Rocky Mountains up in Canada. <laughs> and uh, Paul Yask invited me a couple of times to go to the Peak Ski meeting. That's a, that's oh, yeah. another good one, but I had a bad luck that it would have didn't work for me because of some other uh, agenda conflicts. But that's that will be another opportunity. Ski? I never I never did, never did. <laughs> As a as a typical Brazilian, right? My skiing uh, skills are maybe the the same as a typical person on astronomy or right <laughs> space <laughs> is spaceship assembly that kind of. So I, I I've never been there. 
No. Well, worst case, you can what? always go to the bar and. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> so, what about your favorite pork dish? I would say pulled pork, either in the pellet grill or better yet, if you have more more time to do it in the in the ceramic grill. Uh huh. With with charcoal and some wood to add flavor. It's really nice because I enjoy not only the taste, but all the preparation, right, to, to get you there. And then it's a big dish, so you can share with uh, family and friends. So it's it's not about just just getting into the, the plate, but but the whole thing that comes yeah. with the pulled pork. When you say, we're going to do a pulled pork, I'm not going to do that for myself, right? We're either going to uh, call the students and invite them with or within the family. And so I, I enjoy that a lot. Is there an element of the Brazilian culture and the way you feel that way? Uh, uh, my buddy, it was always, everybody bring me and as we cook it, we'll pull it off the grill, we'll cut it up and everybody kind of, it's an experience where everybody shares. Um, I think so. How, yeah. I think so. The Brazilian culture is a lot about spending time together around food, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really... I mean, it's not that we don't do that, but we would rarely order pizza. For example, we would always know, let's get the meat and let's cook. And so our dinner and evenings time, we always have a time to start. We never, there's never a a time to uh, end right in the, in the invites and or the planning, because it's true. We don't know when we're going to finish. It depends on how things go and it may be for a couple of hours, maybe for four hours, maybe for much longer. So we enjoy that <laughs> well get together time. <laughs> it's, I think the uh, individuals you're right. Yeah, the individuals from the Midwest uh might find this funny. And uh, obviously this might not be the case for for all Brazilians. But when I went to college and I went to grill with a bunch of Brazilian friends, I went to Fairway and I got a nice big steak. Uh-huh. And I showed up to the grill, I cooked my steak, and I sat down and I started to eat my steak. And they all looked at me and they said, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm eating my steak. And that, that's everybody's yeah. steak. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and growing up in the Dutch culture where like, this is my food, don't touch my food. It was it was hilarious. And it was such a uh, such a flip of what was normal for me. But I, I love it. I love that idea of going and it doesn't matter just what you bring, but bring something cool to share with everyone. And you know, everyone's going to share it back with you. It's, I like that the best. Yeah. And a lot of times you, we don't eat, sit and, and uh, sit and eat and, and then it's done, right? It's, you yeah. get that steak, you're going to slice it. And it's a, it's a, a, a piece for, for everybody. And then there'll be the next steak in 20 minutes and then you keep going. Right. Yes. So you sit and I eat love it. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, if you sit and eat, you're done, and the party's over. No, it's good. Let's let's extend this. So it's part of the strategy to keep people moving. Yes, I love it. I highly recommend it to anyone who's listening to this, and they're like, "Well, I've never done that before." Definitely do it. Just cook it, cut it, serve it, grill the next thing, and just keep it rolling. Repeat <laughs> for hours. <laughs> right. What What about a favorite uh, actor or actress? Or a favorite movie? Well, that that's going to sound outdated, but it is. It's going to be a big fan of both Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
So <laughs> same. Yeah, those. Yeah, those, those two for me. I can watch uh, Expendables or Rambo or those, those movies over and over and over. What's yeah. the best one? Rocky franchise, Rambo franchise, or Expendables franchise? Ah, uh, it's a tie. I don't know. <laughs> I... Stallone just did a documentary. I don't know if you if you haven't heard of that, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. No, yeah, it's on my list. I marked it. Right, it's called Life or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yep. I, it's on Netflix. Is it not? Yep, Netflix. it just came out. It's very good. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch it. So the last question I got for you today is what's a golden nugget, a bit of wisdom that you've picked up along the way doesn't have to be associated with the swine industry that you could share with listeners. Golden nugget. I think it's, I'll I'll go back to what we talked about a lot here today and it will be listening. Keep your minds open, keep your ears open. You can share your stories, but make sure you listen to the stories, right? And when you're listening, really, really listen, really learn from from others, it sounds uh, straightforward, but there's a lot of people that we talk with that they don't really listen. They just want to talk. And when they ask questions, they are already thinking about the next question. And you are doing that, you are not really listening. You are just keeping a conversation going. Yeah. And so that would be a golden nugget. If that's of any meaning for anybody, it's listening and really mean it when you say listening. Thank you for sharing that. And and thank you, Dr. Linieres, uh, for joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been a real honor to have you on here. And and I'm sure everyone's going to gain some something from this today. Hey, this was fun. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.